believe he made a covenant with himself that Abraham's blessing would be forever settled. When Jesus came, it was showing again the reminder that this covenant was made. And, and folks, you got to remember, the word says that Jesus was the lamb, lamb, lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. So this covenant has been made even before the earth existed. Even before the earth existed, God, see, you got to understand this. According to God, Abraham, Adam was forgiven before he ever sinned. Oh. He says, God has chosen us in him from the foundation of the world. Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. From the, in the beginning, all this was all settled. Oh, glory. And so what God did with, 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 by entering into a covenant, he entered into a binding contract. Now, once you understand that you're in a binding contract, the thing is, is the only thing that can get you out of these contracts Guess what it was? You, you say, we say it in marriages all the time. Till death do us part. That's when, your, that's when your covenant relationship ends. This is why it's so important when we stand before God and we, we go through marriage, we understand there's a reason why they says that. You know? The, now, does that mean God hates uh, divorced people? No, don't go there. I'm not saying nothing like that. But it, it should be a covenant. And when we enter into this covenant, when God entered into a covenant and a covenant of healing, he did it. See, this is why Jesus had to go to the cross and not man. It was God entering into a covenant with himself again. It was to show what had already happened before the foundation of the world. Ah, oh, you're getting stuff that's not in my notes tonight, so... So when Jesus went, it was God in place of man. It was just like going back and looking at that covenant he made with Abraham. When he put Abraham to sleep and said, you, man gets involved, man messes it up. So I'm going to put man to sleep and I am going to make a covenant with myself. And until I die, this covenant will stand. Because it is a binding contract. My goodness, folks. Go to Hebrews chapter 8. This is stuff's exciting. We may have to go into that, Ted. I know a lot of people, they don't like to hear about the blood covenant and all that stuff. Because we got this crazy idea that God had some weird bloodlust and needed Jesus' blood. That's, remember, if you were here when we taught out of Isaiah 53, Jesus' blood was shed because it was an idea built up in the mind of man. Not in the mind of God. Mm. And if you haven't heard that teaching on Isaiah 53, go back and we'll find it for you. Isaiah, Isaiah, no. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry because he is the mediator. <laughs> he is the mediator of a better covenant which is established on better promises. So Jesus is the organizer of a better covenant. Yeah. 
Well, why is it a better covenant? Because it's a covenant God made with himself. So it doesn't matter if we die off in it or not. That covenant can't end until both parties die. And he's living forever. So this covenant is settled. And we have a better covenant built on better promises. Healing has always been. Healing has always been a kingdom covenant between God and his people. Whether that was God and the Israelites or that's God and us Gentiles who were grafted in. Now we're going to get there. Go to Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. Isn't this fun? <laughs> Exodus 15. Listen, tonight we're going to look at stuff that Galen and Ted and I were talking uh, before service that it shows that us, it is vital to understand the old covenant. There is so much in that old covenant that if we just decide, out, oh, we don't need that, you're missing out on everything. You can only claim what you have knowledge of. And if you don't have knowledge of the promises that was in that old covenant, you can't claim them. You can only claim what you have knowledge of. Goodness. Exodus 15, verse 26. Uh, and said, if you diligently, diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. And the, you know what most people focus on, Ted? Most people focus on, see, the Lord put sickness on the Egyptians and was threatening to put it on the Israelites. It's funny what our twisted little minds decide to pick up on. <laughs> One, oh, he had no covenant with Egypt. He had no covenant with Egypt. And two, the words that were there that says that, that it was put on is actually a permission or an allowance. It wasn't a commitment. In other words, it wasn't God committing these atrocities. It was God permitting. And well, you mean God still permits and allows things today. Except for not, not you. It's a covenant with his people. The Egyptians, why did they have sickness? Because one, they had no covenant with God. Two, their disobedience through Pharaoh brought sickness. Their disobedience, you, you know the Israelites had been in slavery for 400 to 430 years, depends on who you read after. But for 400 years, they had been slaves to Egypt. And to Pharaoh. And they were brutals. They were brutal slaves. Uh, brutalized slaves, I should say. And Pharaoh, if he would have let them go, this sickness would have, wouldn't have come to them. That was the stipulation. Let my people go. Nope, nope. Well, here comes the flies, and here comes the locusts, and here comes the frogs, and here comes the blood, and here comes 
finally death. They had given every opportunity to not have this brought to them. But first, we, we focus on, I will put. He says, I will allow. The focus should be on that last sentence. I am the Lord who heals you. Who was he talking to? He was talking to his people who he made a covenant with. He said, I am God and I will heal. This is a covenant promise that as long as I live, I will declare this over you as long as you walk in my statutes, as long as you walk in my ways. And the thing is, is we have to ask ourselves, do we trust God enough? Do we trust God enough to believe? You see, if we throw out this old covenant, we can't claim that. Well, I don't need that old covenant. Well, I tell you what, I do. Because there are times when I need to say, you are the Lord that heals me. I need a healer. I need some, we just prayed for Phyllis. You need a healer. And, and there's going to be times when all of us need this. But if I say, oh, I don't want that Old Testament. That's, that's done. That's over. You know, blah, blah. We don't ever have to go back to that. But I'm missing something if I don't go back to that. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. <clears throat> Exodus 23, verse 25. That's a promise that he made to his people. Now, again. That's a promise he made to who? His people. Exodus 20, 23, verse 25. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. And look what he promises here. I will remove sickness from your midst. Well, then why do we still have sickness? Because we don't always observe the word. We don't always walk in his statutes. And then if we are, because Jesus, well, we'll get there. We have to remember there's an enemy and he doesn't like you. And he tries his best to come against you at every turn. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You can go there. I'm not... It's not in your notes if you're on you version. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. See, sickness is an oppression from the enemy. Now, uh, let me clarify because people like to say I say crazy things. I did not say that if you are sick, you were possessed. I've seen it. I've heard it. But if sickness comes on us, it is an oppression. It is the enemy coming to put pressure. Why do we think we call it disease? It's, it's a combination of two words. Dis-ease. Under pressure. Oppression. And so when we deal with sickness, it puts us under a pressure. It's an oppression. But the Lord says that Jesus was anointed by God who went about doing good and healing all. I am the Lord that healeth thee. 
and I will remove sickness from the midst of thee. When Jesus went about doing good and healing all is an exact reference of the covenant that was made in the Old Testament when he made it to his people. I will remove sickness from the midst of thee. Oh, goodness. But we can't claim those. I, I, I hear this one too. We can't claim that. That was for the Israelites. That was for the children of Abraham. Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. <laughs> Galatians chapter 3. I'll, I still hear pages, so I'll wait. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So all the blessings that were promised to Abraham. See, we get so hung up on the law. I'm not under the law. I'm not under the law. I'm not under the law. But these blessings that we're talking about were before the law. See, God decided, I'm going to go past where the law was. Abraham was 400 years. Oh. He was 400 years before the law was ever written. God says, I'm going to put blessings on you that are not even tied to the law. Mm-mm. So you don't have to worry about checking and ticking and checking and ticking and checking and ticking and make sure I do everything and I'm a good little boy before I get blessed. He said, I'm going to put a blessing on you that was promised hundreds of years before the law was established. And then I'm going to take care of the law. Oh, goodness. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The sick, the blameless, and the blessings were, like I said, established about 400 years before the law. They were an old covenant, but we're not bound to the old covenant. I know, we have a new covenant built on better promises. So what are the better promises? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I may fly through these, I don't know. This is so exciting. Listen, I, I have to claim these all the time. The enemy wants to, wants to fight you. You have to remember, I am the Lord that healeth thee. We have to remember that he promised, I will take sickness from the midst of thee. Folks, we've seen so many people here, healed here lately that this shouldn't even be a question in some of our minds. Mm. And one of the, the ones that's still going to have a problem are the ones that aren't hearing this. So what we're going to do, we're just going to lay hands on them. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 20. For all of the promises of God are in him, in him are yes, and in him, amen. All the promises of God in Christ... See, this is why I have a right to these. It's nothing that I did. It's not any law that I had to fulfill. 
It is in Christ, God making a covenant with himself and then bringing me in through the glorious salvation that he provided on the cross, he brought me in and now that all the promises of Abraham are so be it. Yes, and let it be. Who was we who was talking? Was that tonight? Before service, we was talking about the importance of the word amen. Or was that today? This morning? During corporate prayer, we was talking about amen. means so be it. That's why you need to be careful what people pray over you. <laughs> but he says all the promises are yes. So any promise that we can read in the scriptures... Ooh. Well, we don't need the Old Testament. You're giving away a lot of promises. You're giving away a lot of promises if all you want to do is live in the new covenant. Because in him, all the promises are yes and let it be. Let it be so. What promises? All. How can we get there? Go to Matthew chapter 5. In him are yes and amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Look what Jesus says here. This is probably read if you've got a certain Bible in front of you. Jesus says here, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. So first thing we have to understand, I'm in the new covenant. I'm under Jesus' grace. I don't need the law. Except for one thing, Jesus said he didn't come to abolish the law. He didn't come to say, you don't need that anymore. <clears throat> Let's try it over here. He did not come to say, you don't need the old, old, covenant, old covenant anymore. You don't need the Old Testament anymore. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to, to, to do away with the prophets. I have not come... To abolish, but to fulfill. Do you understand how powerful those words are? He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. Well, why did we need somebody to fulfill the law? The, the, law. the same reason Abraham needed to go to sleep before he got involved in a covenant with God. Because when man gets involved, he messes it up. Jesus said, look, God said, look, God wrapped in Jesus' skin. He said, man can't do this on his own, so I will go and fulfill every law that Moses made trying to control the behaviors of a rebellious people. Mm. You realize there were two different laws, right? There was the law of Moses. And there's the law of God. And when they, when, the, when, the, when they carried around the Ark of the Covenant, the law of Moses was not holy. Hear me. The law of Moses was not holy. It wasn't allowed inside the Ark, into the presence of God. There was a little tiny door on the outside, and it, it got shoved on the outside. Jesus didn't fulfill 
didn't come to abolish that law. He came to look through that law page by page. Do you know inside that law there were 613 laws, give or take? Everything. They had gotten to the point where on the Sabbath they wouldn't walk over 500 feet, 500 steps. That's all you was allowed to walk for the day. That spitting on the ground was considered work on the Sabbath. And, and then they said, if you broke one of those 613, you were guilty of all. So what was the purpose of Jesus? To go through that law and say, I can do it. <clears throat> I will take man's skin, I will take man's bones, I will take man's blood, I will become incarnate. I will become man so that man won't get his hands in this. So man can't mess this up. I will become man. God became man to make covenant with God again. To show it before humanity. He said, I will become humanity. And the only one in, in, the, in the history that it could ever do it, and I will fulfill every rule that was given by man to man. God only gave him 10. So 600 and the rest, <laughs> he said, I'll go through it and I'll fulfill every one. Here's the thing about those laws. Each law had tied to it a blessing and a curse. If you did it right, you got the blessing. If you did it wrong, you got the curse. So Jesus comes as humanity. He wasn't trying to satisfy God's anger, folks. Get that out of your head. That wasn't what this was about. How do you know? Because in God's mind, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. This thing was done. But man put this on man. Man got involved. Man, we can really mess stuff up when we get involved. He said, so as humanity, I will fulfill everything. So here's the thing. As he fulfilled the law, he removed the curse He removed the curse from the law. As humanity, he did it for humanity. And as humanity, he removed the curse from the law. Folks, that leaves only the blessings. See, now I can go back and look at the scriptures in that old covenant and say, well, if I do all the statutes and, 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 and do everything just right, then he said he'll be my healer. But guess what? I did all the, every step of the law so that the, the curse of the law has been removed and that leaves the blessing. Dive in, dig in, find what is promised to you. It's a covenant of the kingdom. Find those promises. 
Uh, the dues are done. <laughs> Why do we still make our religion all about the do's and the don'ts? When Jesus was finished, the do's were done. And the don'ts were not. And the only thing left for us to enjoy is the blessing. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That all the blessings in him are yes and amen. And he cried out, it is finished. And in the man, Jesus, only the blessings remain. The word says, cursed is he that hangs on a tree. He became the curse. He became. See, we, we, we like to read in Corinthians. We like to read, and we've got this idea that somehow Jesus only took our sins. But the word says that he became sin who knew no sin. See, he took on our sins at his baptism. It was, it was, his baptism was a direct reflection of the Old Testament when the priest would take the scapegoat and they would pour the blood on top of the scapegoat to represent the sins of the Israelites and then they would shoot that scapegoat into the woods to carry sin away from the camp. Isn't it funny that when Jesus was baptized, that the word says the spirit led him into the wilderness. That was the declaration of the scapegoat. He fulfilled. Good Lord. <laughs> so when he did so, it, the word says, cursed is he that hangs on the tree. He was that curse. He didn't just take on sin. The word says he became sin. So that sin itself was nailed to the cross. And not just yours. For all humanity. For God so loved the world, not just those who trust him, not those who just accept him. He loved the world that he became sin. <laughs> and that's why I say all the time, what's sad is that the world is facing hell with their sins forgiven. He became sin. He became sin. Right? You know that the word tells us, and I'm going to have to teach this someday. <coughs> well, here, better than me teach it. Get E.W. Kenyon's book, What Happened from the Throne to, to, the, to, to Heaven. Fantastic book. I, I know that's not the name of it, but it's something like that. Um, fantastic book. But the word says that he actually went to hell. Why? That's what sin does. But the thing about it is, Hebrews chapter 1 and 2 gives us a glimpse into that where it says, I will, once again, you'll be a son to me. And the word says that he called him up out of hell. 
And then we see in the other scriptures where it says that when he came out, he led captivity. The thing that held us down, it was now his captive. And he says, I have the keys of death and hell. You see, who has the keys is the owner. He eradicated it. And us as big knuckleheads still choose it. And it's not even part of our promise. It's not even part of our mm, glory. Ephesians chapter 2. Are you getting this? Do you see how all this fits? He's given me so much more tonight. I should have wrote all these scriptures down, but I didn't know he was going to talk about them. Ephesians chapter 2. That the blessings of Abraham might come on those who believe. On you. And that in him all the blessings are yes and amen. That he fulfilled the law. That means he removed the curse. Mm. See, this is why it, 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 can, it can be easy to have faith for healing. But why do we still struggle? Because our bodies say, no. <laughs> it's kind of like when uh, Jesus came down, disciples are all asleep. And what Jesus tell them? The spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. I still experience that sometimes. My spirit knows, but my flesh whines and cries, and sometimes he speaks louder. <laughs> but we'll talk about that Sunday. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly, what does that mean? Before. That formerly, you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision in the flesh by human hands, were at that time apart from Christ. See, we were apart from Christ. Because who? The Israelites were his people. But we already saw that the blessings of Abraham would come on the Gentiles. But in him, those blessings are yes and amen. Alienated from the citizenship of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Without hope and without God in the world. But, <laughs> I like that word. But now. But now. In Christ. Whoo, when he hung on that tree. He did it for humanity. Mm. So now in Christ, Jesus, you who were formerly far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The promises are ours because Jesus brought us near. By shedding his blood, he said, I will fulfill the curse. I will become the curse. I will fulfill the rules. And once the rules are fulfilled and the curse is broken, it just leaves the blessing. So now I have every right to go back to Exodus and say, you are the Lord that heals me. But what if I don't do everything right? Like he said, Jesus did everything right for me. 
fulfilled that. He did everything. So now I have the right to say, you are the Lord. You said in your word that you are the God that healeth me. You brought me close. You brought me into the citizenship. Your blood brought me in. And through your blood, those promises are mine as a yes. Those promises are mine as an amen. You're the God that healeth me. Let's be healed. You're the one that said, you will withdraw sickness from my midst. Oh, my goodness. Go and look at Isaiah 53. And I don't know why in the world we ever thought that we could get away from that old covenant. Isaiah 53, verse 5. This is an old covenant promise. He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon what wait a minute for my iniquities for our transgressions he was wounded you know what that means Ted I don't have to be wounded for my iniquities he was bruised you know what that means I don't have to be bruised and the chastisement, the punishment of my peace was on him. Man, if we would actually remember what? Yeah, but that's the old covenant. See, if you don't know the old covenant, you can't claim this. Because you can't claim what you don't know. And by his stripes, we are healed. First Peter chapter two. <laughs> oh, the promises, the blessings that are there for you and I to have, and healing is a yeah. But I know so and so that's died, and I know I know a whole lot of people that still doesn't change God's word. I've dealt with sickness myself, and Galen, it still doesn't change God's word. I'm going to say it again. You all eventually understand that I'm serious. If I fall over dead right now, this one or this one better preach healing next week. Because it's a promise. It's a promise that everybody has, and I can promise you it wasn't God. Oh. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? He himself bore our sins. Well, guess what? Are you ready? Go ahead and white knuckle your chairs. Because this is where people usually get really upset with me. If he bore my sins, guess what I don't have to carry? Well, then why do we still sin? Because we're thick-headed, that's why. He himself, is that not what the scripture says? 
You got it right in front of you. He himself bore our sins. It means he took it. Oh, glory. In his own body. Where? On the tree. That we, being dead to sin, so what are we? We're dead to sin. You know what that means? You don't have to do it. Knucklehead. <laughs> I don't have to do it, Galen. But man, I'm good at it. But I don't have to. You can not go and not sin. <laughs> okay. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By his wounds, you were healed. That's different than R. R is presently healed. Were is past tense healed. That's why the promises are yea and amen. They're already done. That's why I just have to go and, and pick them and claim them as my own. Well, how, what if it doesn't happen immediately? There's nowhere in the word that says how long it has to take. I just got to believe him. I've told you a thousand times. When you start believing God for something, prepare to believe him for a hundred years. And that way, if he does it in 10, he's way ahead of schedule. But see, what, the only person who's going, who's going to get this is me. And, and when I decide to give up believing that I don't no longer get that promise. Some of us are just a few steps away from receiving what we're believing for. So why give up now? Yeah, but it's been so long. Okay. Well, you got to lose. Keep believing. Brother Hagin used to say, keep the, faith, keep the switch of faith turned on. Leave your faith out there. Keep believing. Mm. By his wounds, you were healed. Healing in the new covenant is past tense. Back to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing. Jesus, all who were oppressed of the devil... Jesus already did that. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham would come on us Gentiles. Verse 25. For you were, I'm still in 1 Peter, sorry, 2. 1 Peter 2, 25. For you were as sheep going astray. But now. You have been returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. The covenant that I have with God, that you have with God, covers the old and the new and brings them together. So that when I look at Exodus 15, 26, you know what I see? You know what I see now? I am the Lord that heals thee. He did the rest. He fulfilled the rest of that law. 
When I look at Exodus 23, verse 25, you know what I see? I'll take sickness from the midst of you. Why? He fulfilled the rest of it. Glory to God. (coughs) You know, the old covenant was nothing but a portrait that pointed us to Jesus. Why did it point us to Jesus? Because it was going to show us what Jesus did, what he came to do. Now, when I look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15, you know what I see? And the Lord will take away from you all sickness. But you still get sick. Things still happen. Yeah, and I have to go back and remind myself that this is not mine to carry. This is not what I'm supposed to do. This is not what I'm supposed to be going through. (laughs) Why? Because it's a covenant that God made with himself. Somebody look this up. Probably you. Hebrews, and I can't remember the verse. It says, when God could swear. You was looking for it, couldn't find it. It says, when God could swear by nothing greater, he swore by himself. About blessing Abraham. I don't think you understand what I said. Because now you're going, you're going to get real mad at me. And if you're watching online, please don't send emails. It's in the scripture. Hebrews 6 what? 13 to 16. Somebody give me something to read off of. I don't want to type it up. You got it brought up? Let me have it. Because I couldn't remember. Okay. Look at that. She knew it was for me. She made the words big. (laughs) For when God made a promise to Abraham, he could vow by no one greater. He vowed by himself. Saying, surely I will bless you. Surely I will multiply you. So after Abraham patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For indeed, for men indeed swear by a greater authority than themselves, and for them an oath of confirmation ends all dispute. So God wanting to show more abundantly the immutability of his counsel to the heirs of promise, he confirmed it by an oath. Now this is what we started out in Galatians. What did he say? That the blessings of Abraham would come on those of us who believe, Gentiles. We were far off. We were alienated. But by the blood of Jesus, we've been brought close. That in him, all the promises are yes and amen. So this is the oath that I operate under. That when God could swear by nothing greater, he swore by himself. Okay? You understand what that says? God said, I swear to God that I will bless you and I will keep you. And now he says, Brent, (coughs) Brent, you were once far off. 
but by my blood you've been made close. And now, because I could swear by nothing greater when I swore to Abraham, I'm giving you the very blessings that I said that I would not end until I die. Until I no longer exist. These are our promises. Healing is a promise that he made that when he could swear by nothing greater, he swore by himself. So now, we get to claim Psalms 103. Yeah, go there. Psalms 103, verse 1. Do you all realize how exciting this is? You know, you know what my problem is? I don't spend enough time declaring these gifts, these promises over myself. I get used to just dealing with it. Come on. I get used to dealing with it. It's just become part of me. And I go around going, my this and my that and my this and my that. I claim it. I'd call it mine. I'd put a stamp of approval on it. When all the time I have to go back and remind myself, Jesus said I didn't have to because he did. <laughs> Psalms 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's my problem. There's my problem. I let my soul, what is your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions. You need to remember that. There'll be a test on Sunday. <laughs> Bless the Lord, my mind, my emotions, and forget not that there are benefits to serving God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse 3, who it gets good. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Not only does it forgive all my sin, but he heals all my diseases. <coughs> who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed. Like the eagles. Bless the Lord, all my soul. And don't forget there's benefits. There's the problem, Emily. We forget the benefits. And you know why we forget the benefits, Jason? Because we don't bless the Lord. We don't go into praise. We don't go into worship. In our prayer times is usually, Lord, bless me and my four no more. Our prayer time is usually, Lord, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that, give me that. Rather than, Lord, I bless you because you have provided me all things. You have sat me in heaven. I am seated with you in heavenly places. I have a place on the throne. I forget that you said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Lord, I can't forget that you said you are the one who takes away all sickness. You are the one who said that you're the God that heals me. I cannot forget. I cannot forget. Bless the Lord, my mind. Remember these things. And see, then I can go back and claim Psalms 107. Just flip over a few pages. 
See, now we can go back and claim Psalms 107, verse 17. Talking about the children of Israel here, who we've been grafted into, (laughs) some were fools because of their transgressions. Psalms 107, verse 17. Some were fools because of their transgressions. (laughs) That's me. I don't have to. I don't need to. It's already been paid for and the price has already been paid. It's already been done. But I'm a fool. Because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, they are afflicted. Stupidity. They are afflicted. They loathed all manner of food. And they drew near to the gates of death. Mm. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he, past tense, saved them out of their distresses. Verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the people. I like the key. That's the modern English version. I like the King James version of it. It says, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Oh, that men. Come on, people. Praise the Lord. It becomes a total different request then. It says, oh, let them praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the people. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. It's a covenant made. It's a covenant he made with himself. It's a covenant that didn't include man. God himself wrapped himself in humanity made a covenant with himself that by his stripes we were healed. That in him he took all of our infirmities, all our sicknesses, all our diseases, all our sin. And now he leaves us with a promise that the only way he'll break it is to destroy himself. (laughs) Man alive, what a promise a covenant of healing is. And there's a thread. Let me give you another good book. I don't agree with everything in this book, but I want to, But you should really talk about putting things together. There's a book called The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. If you've never read it, go look for it. It shows you how all through the Word, this story has been weaved. Again, I don't agree with everything in it, but it's, this story has been weaved from the foundation It started when Adam and Eve failed and he made a promise. (laughs) When he looked at the enemy and said, he's coming to crush your head. And you know what? He did it as humanity because he knew if humanity got involved, we'd mess it up. But now it's a covenant It's a promise, forever settled, and healing is just part of it. Well, do you really believe all this? You can't make me not believe it. I've seen too many crazy miracles. I've seen too many crazy healings. And folks, this ain't a a Pentecostal charismatic thing. This ain't a Baptist thing. This is a believer thing. 
He told his disciples in Mark chapter 16, he said, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It's a promise. And we can take it. Why don't I always, why do I still deal with some of this stuff? I forgot his benefits. Why did I forget his benefits? I'm not reminding myself by blessing the Lord, oh my soul. My mind, my will, my emotions have gone somewhere else. Healing is a covenant of the kingdom. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify and magnify you. We bless you. We thank you. Let our minds remember. Let our spirits rejoice. Let us not forget the Lord and all his benefits. Let us remember that we can claim those blessings in that old covenant that was promised to his people because he has brought us in by his blood. And we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.